Welcome to the Blackcast. It is I, Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. Don't forget to follow at Blackcast on Twitter, like the Blackcast on Facebook. And we are joined by the one and only David Weiss, at D-Weiss Comedy. Salman himself, welcome back to the Blackcast. What's up, America? And we're going to talk mostly baseball in this episode. But before we start talking about baseball, a lot of people who listen to the Blackcast, once we start talking baseball, they'll probably either zone out or just stop listening. But we have the one, the only Salmon at DY's Comedy with us. I feel like I need to get your unique take on this political season, a.k.a. Trump versus Hillary, the Donald Trump because you tweet a fair amount about it, but we haven't heard from you yet. And I want to know, what do you think about Donald Trump running for president? The fact that, you know, it's pretty much a 50-50 shot. There's a little margin of error, but it's 50-50 that Donald Trump might be our president. Well, first of all, I would like to say that I don't want to offend anybody, but the next time I hear Trump speak, I'm kneeling. <laughs> I like that. And uh, a lot of people thought that he did not study for the debate. I think that's wrong. I think he did. But the facts slipped through his tiny hands. <laughs> and uh, my favorite part of the debate was at the very end where all the family and friends come up on stage. They're shaking hands. They're making believe. They're all friends. Hey, did anyone notice that Bill Clinton and Tiffany Trump were missing? <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, but see, that's, that's the way that uh, Bill aims his sights. He's not going after Ivanka. No. Tiffany is more his speed. First of all, she's younger. Oh, yeah. Second of all, she hasn't given birth. So, you know, no, she's, she's clean. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't going to say that. You weren't. Well, I was, but I'm glad you, you did. You got I beat you to it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, look, it's a good point. So uh, what do you think? Uh, Hillary, there's a lot of people don't like her. She's very unlikable. Even yes. the people who are going to vote for her don't really like her. Yes. Uh, but you know why? She's what, unlikable. Yeah, but I guess it's not a popularity contest. Would you, would you say that that's the case? No, I would say it is a popularity contest, and that's a big problem for her is she thought it wasn't. Yeah, and, uh, she thought people wanted to hear about her policies and right, her issues. Right, policies and health care, no, middle a shit. class and small businesses, and nobody gives a shit. So there's there's third party option, Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson. Hey, Gary, where's New York? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it won't matter. Yeah. You know. He won't, that's a state he won't carry. He won't. There's. I saw a great uh, doom and gloom scenario where Gary Johnson carries New Mexico, and then there's oh, that's an electoral. His, that's where he's yeah, governor. Yeah, and there's an electoral college deadlock as a result. Oh, that would be because <laughs> he gold. would get he would get five electoral votes, which would oh, be enough. Five. To throw New Mexico has five. Yeah, I don't understand how that is, but I guess they have five. So, wow. Yeah. So I, I guess the math works out to two sixty six and two sixty. Two or I don't. It doesn't matter. Nobody gets two seventy. Oh, so there's there's somebody who has that on their desk that's just sweating <laughs> and like biting their nails uh, till they're bloody. It, it's so funny because you know every year, depending on the kind of commentator you are, you know you talk about the hopes that there's going to be a contested convention, and by that I mean every four years. But then you know, look, we're about to talk about baseball for the majority of this podcast. The majority of baseball commentators were so excited at the idea that there could have been a three-way tie in both the National League and the American League. And all the scenarios is like, well, New York will have to go to four cities in five days. And, and you know, they're so excited. And then none of it happens. Right. No contested convention on either party. Uh, the wild card gets sorted out on the last day of the season. And, uh, you know, so uh, the never, Electoral College. Electoral College. We're counting on you to bring us the kind of chaos that we need in our lives. Right? I love so, chaos. I know could you I, do. Could I please have some chaos? <laughs> uh, well, before we move on to baseball, do you have any other final thoughts about the political scene out there? Are you going to miss President Obama? Yes, I am going to miss President Obama. Uh, I wish so, I had something funny to say about Sort of that, the devil's but... advocate, uh, because I know what Dennis would ask you right now. Oh, boy. How do you feel about him still not closing Gitmo? Because uh, Dennis would ask you about that pretty regularly on the Dennis Miller show. That's true. Um, 
I thought Gitmo was closed. Uh, it's, oh, you I, know what's closed at Gitmo? The cafeteria. <laughs> right. The the Starbucks that they put in there is no and, longer And there. also, they don't serve halal anymore. Yeah, right. It's it's only pork-based it's products. Only, well, no. They, they have to be somewhat nice, oh. but just so, no, no halal. So they have to be freegan, where they have to eat all their food out of a dumpster? <laughs> Did you not even know that that's what a freegan was? No, I did know, uh, but I wasn't expecting it. So, let's see, that's what we do here on the Blackcast, the unexpected. All right. Well, what is expected from this episode is we're talking baseball. Very excited for these baseball playoffs to get started, aren't you, Salman? Yes, I am, Christian. I'm and, very excited. And I think we need to start at the most important place, which is our New York Mets. Which what Meet the Mets? Step right up and greet the Mets. That's right. You bring your kitties, bring your wife. Guaranteed Guaranteed to have the time time of your life. life. But besides all of that, last year the Mets had an amazing pitching staff and the acquisition of Ioannis Cespedes really put them over the top. This year, the Mets were terrible six weeks ago. They were two games under 500, 60 and 62. I remember the record because uh, I've been doing a show called Mets Rap 360 for our friends at AfterBuzz TV, which you can find uh, over there on YouTube or on iTunes. Uh, might not be fun to listen to the old episodes, but if you want to hear the doom and gloom I had that very week, <laughs> Salmon, uh, you'll appreciate what I did. What did you I do? used footage from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and I placed the Mets season into the tube, and I shot it off to the Genesis planet. Nice. And I and Scotty played. Uh, he played Amazing Grace on the bagpipes mm-hmm. for the Mets season. But much like the Genesis planet reviving the Mets Captain season, Spock. Yes. Uh, the Mets season did indeed return. Uh, but from your standpoint, talk yes. a little bit about how impressive it was to see the Mets go from that level to getting to not just be in a wildcard game, but hosting the wildcard game. It's absolutely magical, like the magical, mythical Mets. you got to believe. The pitching staff has been completely decimated. The only one remaining is Syndergaard. And and Cologne, who the plan was to have him go in the bullpen. Right. So the Mets were going to have three stud pitchers. They were going to have Matt Harvey. They were going to have Jacob deGrom. They were going to have Noah Syndergaard, who they still have. Right. Fourth starter was going to be Steven Matz. Right. And Zach Wheeler was going to come back from surgery over the summer. Mm-hmm. And you could move Bartolo Colon to the board. Right. Well, Colon's still starting. If they advance beyond the wildcard game, he will probably start game one of the division series. Mm-hmm. And by probably, I mean definitely. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Matt Harvey was out early. He didn't, never looked right this year. No. Uh, DeGrom had some ups and downs. but He uh, started out. With very low velocity. Yeah, and then he got better. Instead of 99, it was like 92. And he got better, and then he got worse. And Steven Matz was pitching with a bone spur. Uh, And, of course, Zach Wheeler just never got back on track. Hopefully he he comes back next He may never get back on track. He may never pitch again. So we are left with Thor, the mighty Thor, uh, Noah Syndergaard, who also is pitching with a bone spur, but apparently it's not as bad because he's able to get out there. And it was just an impressive job that the Mets did. Uh, look, I'll be hugely disappointed if they lose, lose the wild card right. game. But the fact that they even got here is scratching it, it, and clawing. Scratching and clawing. Like they called up so many pl- uh, pitchers. Yeah. Robert Gesellman, who can't even swing a bat, he right. can only bunt because of an injury. <laughs> uh, Seth Lugo. And, you know, Rafael Montero proved how and terrible he was. Don't forget all the other field guys. Yeah, well, I was going to go beyond the rotation. Yeah. But uh, they took a gamble on James Loney, who was one of my least favorite Dodgers uh, in recent memory. But yeah. uh, he's been great for the team. Mm-hmm. And Good fit. they got Jose Reyes for a song because of the, uh, let's just say, the troubles he had uh, in the offseason. The Rockies You know what the song it. was? Oh, don't. Beat it. I'm not hitting the bell for that. <laughs> Mama said knock you out. I'm also not hitting the bell for that. Though. Oh, Both of those well, are terrible. Those are good ones. Those are, yeah, but to, you know, to hit the bell is to like endorse the sentiment behind it, even though I, I made hit, a bad joke. Can I hit the bell? I mean, I guess if you have to. That was Salmon. I didn't hit it. All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, and Reyes far, uh, you know, exceeded above and beyond the expectations that you had for him. He really ignited kind of the personality of the team. And... Then, you know, then there's other guys like 
TJ Rivera? Who? You know? I've never heard of him. Yeah, Is he on the Mets? He's on the Mets. He's had some big hits down the stretch. Oh, great. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, Reyes is playing third base because his Drupal Cabrera has really fought through some injuries and some pain. He's been out there. Still have Cespedes. That's kind of a key. But uh, he's winding down. He's winding down. But you know what? Uh, Granderson's winding up at the right time. Yeah. And we'll see. You know, Cespedes took it really hard when they uh, clinched in Philly. He did not celebrate with the team because he hadn't played well lately. So he didn't feel like he deserved it. I didn't see that. Yeah. So I hope that uh, he went in the batting cage and took some swings. I don't know that I that's what so. happened. But uh, Maybe so he could have commiserated with Ryan Howard. He, he could have. Ryan Howard, who had a great career, but way in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So look, it's very exciting that the Mets are in this wild card game on Wednesday night. I'm very stressed out about it uh, because, look... Ever since they changed the wild card to this one game, double elimination, you know, you win and you're in, lose and you go home. I've loved that format because I've watched it as like a spectator because last year the Mets won the division. And before that, they were terrible and not in the playoffs. But now I have the the stress. Is the, is the Yiddish word agita? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have that. And spilkus. I definitely have spilkus over this uh, wild card game on Wednesday because look Syndergaard's great he's a great pitcher he's the guy you want in that game but he's going against Madison Bumgarner and look I have a lot of things that I can say about the way Bumgarner's pitched especially lately but he is definitely the definition of a big game pitcher yep you want him on that mound yeah and uh, look you know we'll talk about the game in particular in in a moment uh, where I think the Mets do have some advantages, some strengths. But, uh, Sal, as you look at Bumgarner Syndergaard, what, is your, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, Syndergaard, if he's out there throwing 99, I think the Giants are going to have a difficult time. Uh, they don't seem like a fastball-hitting team. They're Right now, they're kind of dinking and dunking and... You know, and they're scratching and clawing, which is all terrific. But if you can't hit the ball, you're not going to do that. Um, on the other hand, Bumgardner, you know, he—I don't know what he's throwing, but he gets he gets guys out. He gets guys out, yeah. And he can strike out ten a game, and this is a game that could be. One one or one nothing, and both in of those. And, and by the way, the one one could be uh, solo home runs by each pitcher. Yeah, because they're both Bum, good hitting pitchers. Yeah, yeah. but Bumgardner gives up a lot of dingers. He does, and I think that one thing that's encouraging for a Mets fan is that two starts ago he gave up five runs, all earned in six innings against the San Diego Padres. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't against the Red Sox. Maybe, maybe you know, he's getting tired. At he the might end be getting of the tired. Year. And I think uh, Syndergaard, you know, got an extra, got some extra rest to get ready for that game because they clinched on Saturday before he would have started. So look, I think that uh, he could be getting tired. Here's the thing, though: the key for both teams is to work up the pitch count and get to the bullpen. And if it is a bullpen game, I feel like the Mets have an advantage. Uh, Familia at the back end had 50 saves this year. Oh, I think yeah. he got 51, uh, right. as it Yesterday. turned out. Yeah, he got 51, well, Saturday. Saturday. but Because ain't nobody saving that game on Sunday. No. But, uh, yeah, so they also have a great setup man in Addison Reed. Meanwhile, the San Francisco Giants, and now they're not all charged to the closer, you know, but they Bo- have 30 blown saves on the season. Bochy called me. I'm in the bullpen. You're in the, oh, yeah, so Sal will be warming up uh, yeah. at City Field on Wednesday night. And uh, he's 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 got the uh, the, the you I know got, that, that arm with all the ice in it that they yeah, put on the I sleeve. Got a, I got a knuckle curve. Yeah, that's good. Uh, are you working on your Scroogey? Oh yeah, you have got, a good Scroogey. I got a good Scroogey. So look, it's it's an exciting game. Uh, it's a very stressful, nerve wracking game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad the Mets are in the playoffs. I kind of wish it was a five game series that they were starting with, but. They're not, and we're going to just go ahead and work from the assumption that... They're going to win. They're going to win, because we want them to win. That's what we're rooting for. I can very clearly see a path where they don't win. You know why? Because they're the New York Mets, and you should not always... You shouldn't really count on them to win. No. Know? Uh, not not in the past 53 years. Right, exactly, because... Uh, when Before they were, that... Yeah. You, you never know. <laughs> yeah, 1960. Sure, you can Absolutely. count on them to win. Absolutely. 
but we're gonna go ahead and assume that they advance. And they would advance to play the Chicago Cubs, who are going to play whoever wins that wildcard game. So they're gonna play the Giants, they're gonna play the Mets. And here's what I'm gonna say about the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs were better last year. This Chicago Cubs team is not as good as last year's team. I think the Chicago Cubs are out in the first round, whether it's the Mets or the Giants. I think that the matchups do not favor the Cubs. They also haven't had to play a meaningful game in two months. And I think that it's not their year because, one, they're the Cubs. And you're the Cubs. It's never going to be your year. Right. You're never going to win. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Sal, you have a very specific take on the Chicago Cubs. I do. I stemming do. from the man well, in the dugout, Joe Madden. Yes. Well, my take is that everybody, I mean, the media has been anointing this man as some kind of baseball genius. And if I may point out, he hasn't won shit. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking on the way in. He he did something very impressive. He got the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I know they changed their name. They're the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. He got them into the World Series, but they didn't win. No. And it's true, he hasn't won anything. He, Zero. He won, he won the uh, National League Central this year, but last year he didn't even win that. Bruce Boshi has won three World Series in, what, five years? Uh, it's every two years, so it's six years, I think, yeah. You never hear his name. It's true. He's a great manager. He's. Uh, I mean, isn't he a genius? Uh, more than Joe Madden. There was you know. a great uh, last year during the playoffs, during the NLCS, when the Mets went two games to none up on the Cubs. Uh, Chris Russo, formerly of Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN in New York, he has a show on MLB Network. High and he, he was just going off as like, uh, you know, win the game. Don't bring a magician in. I don't care that you got matching outfits. Just win a game. <laughs> and I can't do it justice. It was, it, I enjoyed it so much because, you know, he was yelling about, like, oh, Joe Madden, you know, and just all of the things, you know, he's always like, oh, we got outfits for this road trip. And it, it's like all this I, stuff. I hate that crap. It's like, you know, if, if you win, win the game. Yeah. That's like, do that do that after you've got right. after, back to back after, to back. After you have maybe three rings yeah. for you know, three of the fingers <laughs> on your left hand. Maybe, maybe yeah. you do that. Uh, I think that uh, the for the Cubs, I do think that uh, John Lester's been better this year than he was last year. But yes. Jake Arrieta's been worse. So it's a bit That's of a push. True. Uh, they don't have Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. They do Which not. gave the Mets several runs in the championship series. But look, I just, I look at the Cubs and because they're the Cubs, I think if that roster were on a different team, I might think twice, but I'd still feel the same way. I just I just don't see it. I don't feel the Cubs it's pulling a, it off. It's a lot of media hype. Yeah. Oh, my God. In 115 years, they haven't won shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? Stop playing so many damn day games. Right. Stop you know? playing so many day don't games. Don't play day games in Chicago. Don't, don't wear clown outfits in the <laughs> airport, and yeah. maybe you'll win a World Series. Yeah. But if they do win, I hope Harry Carey's at the parade. Hi! Hi! Uh, so that's how we feel about that series. Let's talk about the other National League series. Yes. The Dodgers will be at the Washington Nationals. Nationals. Dodgers could have been hosting that series, but uh, they definitely eased up. They had the, They did not they, have the pedal they, to the metal the yeah, final week I, of the season. I have always, and I don't care who's managing the team. It's not Don Mattingly. Well, right. It's Dave Roberts. Well, what I'm saying is, Neither one of them seemed to be able to get these guys to play hard every day. Sorry. Ooh, I got a bell. No, you said hard, so. Oh. (laughs) Uh. And especially, you know, at the end of the season, you know, they they definitely, you know, eased up. And you want a team that's angry. Yeah. You want a team that's ready to win and ready to fight and— I don't see it happening. You know, there were a lot of internal problems uh, last year with the Nationals, which is an understatement. But they went into spring training entitled, feeling like this was their World Series to win. And I do think that this year's Nationals team does not have that outlook. They They have some serious injuries. Yeah, they definitely ate some humble pie. However, I do think that their injuries are so significant. 
Uh, the fact that there's not going to be Stephen Strasberg. I could do a whole podcast about fucking Stephen Strasberg, <laughs> about how they shut him down in 2012. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, but we'll be back really, every year. Yeah, you know what? Really he, he hasn't had a meaningful uh, start since you know then. What? He should be in the bullpen. Uh, maybe that's what it would take. And but you know He's they got, just he they've got him for the, six more years. He has to be a closer. Yeah, that's he not going to happen. He cannot pitch so, a full season. The short of it is, is I feel that the uh, the Nationals are they're just you know I don't even know what the story is with Daniel Murphy who killed the Mets this year yes. oh man he had a great season but he's hurt now yes. I believe in the buttocks and there was a really? very very hysterical uh, tweet that I retweeted that uh, Bryce Harper injured his thumb and Daniel Murphy had an injury in his buttocks so it all made sense as to what was going on there in the dugout oh my Let's just call it that. It, let's just say he gave him a dusty baker. Anyway, <laughs> sounded dirty. But anyway, I look. I don't think that this is a great Dodgers team, but I think it's a good Dodgers team. Yes. When they didn't have Kershaw, and the expectation was that Kershaw wasn't coming back, I was like, no chance. Right. There was the, but then Kershaw came back, and you know what? He's coming back from an injury, but he's well rested. <laughs> He's, He's had a lot of rest. But can he go more than six? We'll see. And I know the problem and he, and is... And in order for them to win, he has he to. He has to go seven, at least. Should probably go eight. I think Kenley Jansen is a, an above-average... First-class first closer. Yeah, an above-average closer. Uh, but you got to get to him. And yes. I don't think he's the kind of closer that you can have come out for two innings multiple times he in a series. He hasn't proven that, yeah. that he can do it. You know, I, let's I think... Say, let's say you can only get... Kershaw for seven and a half, yeah, or or seven, you know. Do you bring Kenley Jansen out for eight and nine, and he blows it in nine? Right, exactly. And I, I think that they have some serious, you know, roster decisions to make. There are guys who've been starters that they should probably consider having for middle relief. What worked really well for the Mets last year was the ability to have Bartolo Colon in middle relief at yep. the bullpen. If they can get somebody like that, it's not Brandon McCarthy. He didn't pitch well. No. Uh, I don't know who it is for them. Uh, and it, it's not Kenta Maeda. I don't know if it's he, Urias. He did, he did not look good he yesterday. He did not look good on Sunday, no. So, anyway, I feel like the Dodgers are going to win that series, but I think you disagree, right? Do you think the Nats are going to win that series? Yeah. Yeah. So, you feel like it'll be Mets-Nats in the National League Championship Series. I think so. Yeah, which, as a Mets fan, we don't want to see because as good as the Mets played against the Nats last year, they did not play well against them, and they yeah, have their it's number. A, it's, a, it's just a bus ride. You I know. It's you just can, a bus ride. You can uh, rest. You, know, you can definitely rest. I mean, but, imagine uh, going cross-country, yeah, playing the Dodgers. I look selfishly. I just I, I want to go to some playoff games. Well, know? that's true. I'd like to see the the Met Dodger Stadium. Not that, that Christian that was, and I go to Dodger. That games was together. that was fun last year to go to the playoffs. You didn't go to a good one, but I went to games one and five at Dodger Stadium, so that's I had true. a good playoff run. That's true. Uh, but yeah, and look, sure, the Mets could lose the wild card game. Stop. I get it. I have to. I have to Don't say jinx this. It. I'm not jinxing it. I'm just yes, being a you real. Are. No, that's not being a jinx. No, no, being uh, jinxing it would be like they're definitely going to win. That's a jinx. And I don't feel like they're definitely. Oh, going. You are splitting hairs, my you friend. You have to. Oh, it's so, it, you know, for somebody that's not a Mets fan and not a Cubs fan, somebody's a Yankee fan, you don't understand any of this. Fuck Yankee fans. <laughs> took a couple of false starts there to actually get it. Uh, but uh, look, I think that uh, I think that the Mets have a better chance against the Dodgers. But of course, I would root for them in the National League Championship Series. And on to the World Series, but uh, who the Dodgers? No, the Mets. Oh, okay. I, think I the would Mets never. Would... I would never root for the Dodgers. No, but as a quick little detour. Yes. Speaking of the Dodgers. Yes. You're the one person in Southern California. How excited were you on Sunday? <sighs> Vin Scully's last game after 67 years. You're literally the only person I've ever met who hates Vin Scully. I danced a Jewish jig. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Rosh Hashanah. So did you get out the shofar? Oh, I got it. I blew the shofar. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Very much yeah. uh, uh, I have I respect the man's career. I respect his knowledge. I respect his dignity and class, but I just can't stand his announcing. <laughs> you just don't want to hear it. Anymore. I just don't want to hear it. And yeah. I am uh I am happy to see him go. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he's not calling the playoffs, but he explained the whole thing. He remembers October 2nd. 
1936. Have you ever heard anything so stupid in your life? Well, I mean, I, under- I understand what he- – the guy's 89. He can do whatever he wants at this point. Please. Uh, but here's what I think about you know picking the day to call your last game. If you do it in the playoffs – you don't know when your last day is going to be. You're not going to go. Yeah, show, that's you're right. not going to show up at the ballpark that's and the be nature, ready. It's the nature of baseball. You know what? When you're 89, maybe you'll want things to be a little bit more laid out for yourself. We'll see. You're going to live to be 150, so we'll have plenty of time to talk to you. Oh, God. Would you do me a favor? <laughs> sure. Would you off me at 120? Okay, 120. <laughs> we heard it here first, gang. All right. So, you know, we'll we'll see how this all progresses, and we'll – revisit down in the future the national league but those are our picks now it's very important it's time to move along to the american league if we're going to talk about the american league we have to bring in a very important part of the black cast the one the only coltrane coltrane thank you for making a triumphant return here on the black cast today yeah i do what i can you know what i mean <laughs> do what i can i'm a team player you do team now player. now as you know salman is here next to me and, and you and sal haven't talked in ages uh how can we uh reacquaint the two of you with each other. Salman, do you have a message for uh, Coltrane here? Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> now, Sal! <laughs> oh, do you even remember what I that means? I was laughing. Antwerp! I know, there was a delay yeah. on that, and I'm not going to edit it out. You made him laugh because he hadn't thought about Am- Antwerp in a while. Uh, you that? Coltrane, we are going to have you back for a proper broadcast very soon, and you can catch up with uh, with Will and you know Captain EO, Jeff DeRay, and hopefully not Liev. But we're talking baseball here, as the song says, and uh, your Boston Red Sox, American League East champions. Now they will be Boo. at Cleveland on Thursday. Are you disappointed in their not having home field advantage, or do you feel like it doesn't matter for this team? I mean, yeah, I kind of am. I feel like they, uh, you know, last week they looked great. Now this week they look awful. So having home field would have been nice. Yeah, but I guess what it all comes down to is the opponent, uh, the Cleveland Indians, who, boy, have we talked a lot about the Cleveland Indians on the broadcast over the years. But, uh, you know, this looked like a great Indians team. But by the time they've limped into the playoffs – they're a very mediocre Indians team. I mean, they, much like Salmon and my beloved New York Mets, they've basically lost three-fifths of their rotation. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they're able to perform on the big stage against the Red Sox. Uh, game one, the matchup is Rick Porcello, who had an amazing 22-4 and season. 315 ERA in the American League East. That's kind of like having a 115 ERA in the NL West, you know. But uh, Rick Porcello against Bauer. I assume it must be Jack Bauer from 24. Who the hell is Bauer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what other Bauer is there? Yeah, it's not. It's no, Trevor. Really? It, it's Trevor Bauer. Is his I've name? I've never heard of him. Well, because he's their fourth starter, but their top three starters are all in the DL. What's his record and stuff? Uh, that's a good question. You know, people could. Research that on MLB.com. Oh, all right. But I uh, you know, you might have it. I mean, I, he's twelve and eight with okay. a, with an ERA over four. So there's that. But Ooh. by the way, he's from North Hollywood, California, where we're recording right now. Wow. So does that change your opinion of him at all? You're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you sound. I'm talking to both of you. That must mean something, right? Yeah. Um, I probably saw him at Circus Liquors once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love circus oh, liquors. Yeah, who doesn't love circus liquors? Uh, anyway, so how do you feel uh, about this matchup? Not you know, sure this game in general, Porcello Bauer, but in general this matchup with the Cleveland Indians. Like I said, I mean, they, if you'd asked me last week, I would have thought it was great. But it's like the the way that they have been underperforming over the last week has me not feeling great about it. The fact that the Indians have the second-best home record in baseball this year behind the Cubs makes me also less confident because, yes, their three-fifths of their rotation is out, but still there's like something about being at home where teams play better. So I am less than enthusiastic about this one, but, you know, it's sort of it, – it is what it is, so you just kind of have to, like, ride it out, but – I am not as confident as I was a week ago. What do you think about just the Sox having more postseason experience? I mean, the Indians, 
I don't even remember the last time they were in the postseason. I think 2007, the game where uh, Jabba Chamberlain had all the gnats stuck to his forehead when the, <laughs> the Yankees were pitching at uh, Progressive Field. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the last time, yeah. Yeah, I guess that was after Wild Thing was pitching, so uh, <laughs> yeah. that, I guess. But, um, I, you know, I don't – I here's the thing. I, as someone who, who's here, who's, who's had a chance to watch a lot more Sox games and pay a lot more attention to it, I – think that John Farrell is a good manager of the team overall, but he's not a good in-game manager. Hmm. And I think uh, Tito Francona is actually a good game manager. So I, this <clears throat> one, it, I think that that's where the experience is actually going to matter more than it is as far as the players go. Who's got the so better pieces? As far as that goes, it, it's their experience. I like their experience a little better. Really? Name, yeah. name somebody on Cleveland. Uh, Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they they added Coco Crisp, didn't they? They brought they him did. back. They did. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, it's it, it, you know it's a good point about Tito, though. I mean, obviously he is a good in-game manager. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do feel like the bullpens will factor in very heavily in that series. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then the second game, we've got David Price, who I know that uh, David Price, the first half of the season, Sox fans were very upset, but he ended up with a 17-9 and record, and ERA under four, barely under four, 3-9-9. But uh, how do you feel about uh, Price heading into the playoffs versus maybe heading into the All-Star break? Well, I'll put it like this. Again, it, like everything changed over the course of the last week because up until – he ran into the Yankees. He was actually, like, second half. He was pitching well. That was really nice. And, I mean, there were a couple games when he had the opportunity, like, to, to come in and, and help clinch the home field advantage, which would have been nice. And he kind of blew it in those, in, those instances. Yeah. Although, again, I, I still sort of I, – I felt uh, uh, feral a little more because much like Grady Little in the, uh, in the 03 series, <laughs> Ouch. it was like – it was like David Price was struggling in Yankee Stadium, but they were tied going, in, going into the seventh inning. He brings him out for the next inning, and then he ends up losing. So he gives up two runs and losing the game. So, again, I, I sort of think that's more feral. But I, I just I don't know what it is with David Price. I, I'm glad that he pitched yesterday, and I'm glad that, you know, even though he lost, it's like two to one. That was actually a pretty good outing for him. So maybe that'll help him get a little more confidence going in. Yeah, and, and that was and that was a must-win it, game for the Blue Jays also. I mean, yes, he gave up two runs, so he did pitch well, but uh, I, I feel like the stakes were definitely higher for the opposition than it was for the Sox. And let's not forget that Price's postseason record is less than stellar. Well, especially last year when he was pitching for those same Toronto Blue Jays. Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's true. I will. I the only thing that I will point out is that there again have been a couple of times when. He pitched relatively well, and he would have left if they had pulled him at, like, the sixth inning or so. He would have left tied, but instead they keep him out there, and then he ends up losing. You know, in so the postseason, you got to ride your horse all the way. Yeah. Except, that, except, again, much like Grady Little in 03, you have to know when your guy is done. Yeah, that's, that's true. The, that's the problem that I have with it. It's, a, it's like, I get it. You ride your aces unless you can see that your ace is out of gas. Right. If you see your aces out of gas, that's when you got to pull them. you got to make the tough decisions, but you got to do it. And it's like, so you can't really blame the player if the player's going to player's gonna give you what he's got. And it's, he'll, he'll want to stay out there because that's what they want to do. Yeah. But if a guy doesn't have it, you have to be the manager. You have to pull him didn't, when he's out. Didn't Price cough it up early in the games in the postseason last year? Uh, he had very. He gave up a lot of runs. Not always early. There, he had bad outings, and then it was basically he was good for maybe like four or five innings. Or, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, so you like can't earlier, pull him out. Yeah, because he was already done. Yeah. No, and look, it's interesting. I mean, but but again, like that's that has happened. But there have been opportunities when, if you go back and look, like he made it through at least five, and usually into six, at least tied, and they just keep him out there too long. Right. So again, he 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 should be your ace. He's like, you know, one of the most expensive pitchers in the game. Like you should be able to ride him for nine innings. Right. Unfortunately, currently you can't. No. And you have to see that. So well, that's yeah. my only issue with it. It's like, 
again, if he can give you five good good innings and you be in it, you're tied. At that point, for me, I would pull him, go to the bullpen, try to get the win because you don't want to give him another loss right now. Well, no one will ruin I was just going to say, speaking of the bullpen, you might have felt better a couple weeks ago, but uh, you know, you felt like the back end was kind of locked down, but it doesn't really look that way now, does it, Ken? Uh, Coltrane, no, excuse me. I mean, here's the thing. I <laughs> I have never been a fan of Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. I get that he had a decent year, but... No, he I had a decent like year for you guys, I, and in the past he had great years for the Braves. But any time that the Atlanta Braves move a pitcher, you have to ask why. What's wrong with him? Because they almost always move a guy... Maybe a year too early, but they know something. And, uh, yeah, and I think we kind of saw that this year. You know, when he was pitching low-stakes games in San Diego, he was fine. But uh, I don't know. I think that uh, we're definitely seeing some of the flaws this year. I just don't like any time you bring a National League pitcher into an Ameri- into the American League. I just yeah. don't think that they're as good ever. Yeah, no. I, and I, that's I, why I didn't like it to begin with. Right. Like, I agree with you. Like, yeah, you could – I mean, you can go 40 for 40 if you're pitching for the last place San Diego Padres. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, you need to be able to do that. I'd rather a guy goes, like, you know, 32 for 40 in, like, the American League against actual competition than 40 <laughs> for 40 in, you know, again, yeah. for the National League, for the Padres when they're in last well, place. Well, to bring so, it... To bring it back to the like to bring it back to the Indians, uh, Craig Kimbrell and the other Red Sox pitchers, they're going to have to get out guys like... Jan Gomes and Jason Kipnis, mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor, and a familiar face to everybody here speaking, Mike Napoli. We know don't him. Forget, don't forget Lonnie nope. Chisholm. I was just going to mention Lonnie Chisholm, actually. <laughs> uh, and, and the aforementioned Coco Crisp, Rajay Davis. It's a lot of guys that you know if you play fantasy baseball because they're usually, they're usually available. <laughs> Carlos Santana, it's a good DH. But, uh, you know, look, uh, you, it's okay if you don't want to make a prediction in this series. I feel good about the Red Sox chances to beat this Indians team the way it's constituted and move on to face what would either be, I guess, at this point, it could be the Texas Rangers or the Blue Jays or the Orioles. So, and again, I'm not asking you to predict that they're going to win because I know how you feel about that sort of thing, Ken, but... If they face off against either the Blue Jays or the Orioles, you feel like these teams are all so familiar with each other that uh, you know you definitely have a path to beat those. And then when you look at the Texas Rangers, well, they're always – I was saying this to Sal on the drive over. The Texas Rangers are always playing over their head. They played so far over their head in 2011 that they got one strike away from the World Series. Mm-hmm. But the whole time they had no business playing that well. And I think that this is another instance where they did that. They ran away with a terrible division, uh, a division where the Mariners inexplicably got hot in the last month of the season. But by that point it had already been locked up for them. So – and again, in a hypothetical world, how do you feel they match up against these other American League teams? Do you have a preference out of those three teams because you feel more comfortable against the Rangers, the Blue Jays, or the Orioles? I mean, hypothetically, I would rather the Rangers just because, kind of like you said, I just, I just don't ever believe in them. But I, and you know, like so, I feel like the Red Sox could beat them. I actually don't. I don't feel as confident as you guys about uh, about them coming out against the Indians. I I actually am not feeling confident about that. But if they did manage to pull it out, and if they, you know, I I don't really. I wouldn't really care. Like, you know, the the Orioles and Blue Jays. It would it would be nice to have the games at Fenway. I I feel that would be you know better. But I I feel more confident that they could beat the Rangers as opposed to the other two. So. It's sort of it's sort of tricky, but I think I would rather they if in that scenario I would rather that they play the Rangers than the Blue Jays or Orioles. You know the Rangers. Christian and I were talking about this on the way over. The Rangers pitching staff consists of Cole Hamill. Yeah, because after Cole Hamill's, you have guys that you know. Derek Holland is always in the playoffs, and you see him on TV because he does a Harry Carey impression, which you don't see him do. Hi. You don't see him pitch well. Uh, you never exactly. see that. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Derek Holland here. I should be warming up for the bullpen, but this is brought to you by Old Style Beer. 
right back to you. But, uh, you know, and there's guys you're like, oh, Colby Lewis is still you, in the... Isn't you isn't Darvish We're just going to say, you Darvish is back. His shoulder will fall off by the yeah. third inning. So I think any team that matches up against the Rangers has an advantage. Uh, but, you know, that's the beauty of baseball. It, it all happens on the field. And uh, Coltrane, we won't project further down the road than that because it's it's a few weeks away. But if, the, if your Red Sox are able to get further than what we're talking about hypothetically... We'll have you back on, but in case that you know they they their season ends before they get to you know, in case their season ends before any of the later series, take a quick moment oh, let me, to talk. Let me help you out when their when their series ends early, that earlier than it should. Yeah, you, you, I my, my listen. I cannot, despite the curses, the years of disaster and, and disappointment, I cannot possibly fathom how the Cubs can lose this year. I can't fathom it. Oh, I can't. The, they have the best team. They have the best pitching. They have the best hitting. There is zero reason that they should lose this year. Well, They you, came off of like a disappointment last year. I'm telling you, yeah. if well, the Cubs can't win the World Series this year, they, they should just quit baseball. Well, they should quit competitive I, baseball because they're not really ever going to win it. Yeah, you're going to have to. Year for them to win it. You're going to have to listen back to when we started off talking baseball in the American League. I'm sorry, in the National League, uh, because uh, Salmon and I both believe that one, the Cubs will not win the World Series, and two, uh, we'll never win the World Series. <laughs> you know, it, it's just it literally never, ever, ever. It's hype. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hashtag don't I'm believe just, the hype. Like, like I said, it, based on this is this is someone like coming from someone who's who spent like a lifetime dealing with curses and dealing with like absolute disappointment, like last minute, like sure. last inning. Sure. Last... I'm just saying, I just, like I have watched enough of them this year. I've seen enough to just feel like, look, if th- there is zero reason they should lose this year. Postseason and if they is do, very, then, very yes, different. You're right, they will never, yeah. ever, ever, Win the world. Series. The, the, the short of it, the short of it is, and I don't want to rehash what we already talked about, Salman and I. But the short of it is, I think that their team was better last year, and they didn't win last year. But uh, you know, look, this will be great because this is more stuff that we'll be able to revisit in a future broadcast. But the if when the Red Sox season ends early, I want to get your parting thought on number thirty four, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, what he meant. To you as a Red Sox fan, obviously we know what he meant to the team, but for Coltrane as the Red Sox fan, what has Big Poppy meant to you? Are you asking me now, or do you want me? To, or do you want to wait until the Red Sox are out? Well, tell us tomorrow. <laughs> no, you can. You, I mean, what has he meant right now? Just in case there there is no tomorrow where we talk about more Red Sox baseball. You know, regardless, <laughs> of, you know, he, he could be World Series MVP this year. I don't think that's going to change how you feel about him. I mean, you'll no, just abso- feel like he's not. got like the the bottom line for me is David Ortiz is probably the greatest Boston sports athlete ever, and I know that's a bold statement with like based on the history here and everything, but it's not only what he's done on the field, it's what he's done off the field in the community. It's like he after two thousand and three, after that abject disappointment, like yeah. the, what we're used to here in Boston, it's like he walked around, he saw the people. And it's like he just decided to give like Boston like a giant hug and said, you know what, I'm going to make it all better. And it's like I feel absolutely like he's the reason they won in 04. Then it's, it's absolutely the reason they won in 07. It's definitely the reason they won in 13. So it's like it's just – it's not just like I don't know what he's done on the field. It's like his attitude about everything. And like, that's what I think does it. It's like, hey, you know what, you guys have dealt with disappointment for too long. I'm here for you. I'm going to make it better. And he did. So, yeah. You know, Ken, yeah. it, it, it is a bold statement to say that he's uh, the greatest Boston area sports athlete, but it's not entirely unfounded. And you know why he meant so much to the people of Boston? Because it's his fucking city. That's why. <laughs> no, because this is our fucking city. All right. All right. Our city. So it's not his. <laughs> no, ours. That's right. And, and again, that's why he's he's perfect for Boston. It's like who you know again in a national moment, like you know everyone like the live TV. Of course, he's going to sit there and he's going to say it, and he's going to say it in a way that like nobody cared, like nobody like was like, oh my god, I'm shocked that you said that. They used vulgar language. Didn't matter because it was big poppy and he was giving us all a giant hug. 
I'm, so, I'm, I'm pretty sure Bob Costas. I'm pretty sure Bob Costas was very upset, if I, if I recall at the time. Was but, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it wasn't the time for that kind of language. Costas is a boob. <laughs> really? Because everyone in Boston loved it. Yeah. Well, no, I know. But, again, I, but then again, but then again, Bob Costas, who sat there and like criticized Tom Brady, and then like this year, he's like, you know what? Tom Brady was actually the league actually screwed him over. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Coltrane, look, we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. And as we said, regardless of the way the baseball playoffs progress, we're going to have you back on very soon. We look forward to catching up with you. But uh, thank you so much for your time. And please tweet more at Coltrane Leaks because uh, we miss having you over there. Thanks again, Coltrane. Now, more American League Baseball with my pal Dan Reinish up north in Toronto. Dan, welcome to the Blackcast. Your first appearance on the Blackcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that. Don't I? Don't I have to do something to you, think for Canadian? You, you to do. Stand out? Either, either you were going to do the uh, the Great White North, Bob and Dub McKenzie theme, or possibly a, uh, a Rush drum solo. Uh, but uh, Dan Reinish is at Dan, R-E-Y-N-I-S-H, on Twitter. You should follow him. Absolutely. And you are one of the most Canadian Canadians I know because you're the only Canadian I've ever met who, at one point, was an employee of the CBC. You know, I've, I've not only had the, the pleasure of being an employee of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, I was also an employee of Molson Canadian Beer at one point. Ooh. I have represented Canadian icon Terry Fox, and I've worked for some great Canadian institutions. So, yes, and I am Canadian. Keeping with the uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie theme, have you ever been to the Elsinore Brewery? I have. Actually, what's really funny is the Elsinore Brewery is what's known as Castle Loma. So oh. Castle Loma is a well-known old uh, historical house uh, here in Toronto, and that's what they use for the Elsinore Brewery. And the old water treatment plant in the beach is what they used for the Royal Canadian Institute for the Mentally Insane. And as I stand here talking to you right now, I look into my collection and I see a bottle of Elsinore beer, a prop <laughs> from the movie. So don't mess with me, Black! <laughs> oh, believe me, Reinish, I'm not messing with you. And I feel like we could do a whole podcast where you just go around your shelves and you talk about your bobbleheads, yeah. the various cups and things that various, you've collected. Various Canadiana. Yeah, but... Tim Hortons donuts. Uh, love me some Tim Hortons donuts, by the way. But we're focused on something very important here, Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Yeah. It was a little dicey there in the final week of the season. You know, there were all the scenarios about the possible three-way ties and tiebreaker games and all that. But your boys uh, have made it to the American League wildcard game against the in-division Baltimore Orioles. And I believe you are going to that game. Am I not correct? Yeah, it's been, you know, guys, it's been a tough, 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 tough couple of weeks to go down to games at Skydome. Uh, the Jays have been playing like a team that didn't understand that you need to play the game you're in. You need to, if you need to get on base and then get the second, get the third, and then get home, it, it can't always be about swinging for defenses. So, yeah, I look forward to being down there tomorrow night, and I, I hope, I hope, I hope it's a lot more fun than uh, when I was down there last week watching them play Baltimore. The Jays weren't playing with any inspiration. They weren't playing like there was anything at stake. They weren't playing like they wanted it. They were playing like a team that was out of it. Uh, but I'm happy to say, as I, as I sit here to talk to you guys today, the Jays are undefeated in October, my friends. Undefeated yeah. in October. Yeah, look, they, they, they finished strong. We were just talking to my friend Coltrane about the, the Red Sox series with the Indians. The Red Sox did not finish strong, not just that series against your Blue Jays. Uh, they haven't looked good during the last couple weeks of the season, but uh, you know the Jays had a must-win scenario, and they won. And I think that uh, that's that's what you needed to see. So, how do you feel about the matchup against the Orioles? And you said you know they didn't play well earlier, but they've already played 19 times this season. So, what the hey? Why not play a 20th time, right? Might as well play one more, and, and, and let's put something at stake here. Let's not just have it be another regular season game, one of 162. Let's put something at stake where you can move on to play. Now, you know, anybody, Coltrane will tell you, Salmon will tell you, everybody will tell you, everybody will tell you that they like their team's chances at this time of year. And I will tell you, two days ago, I didn't. I didn't like my team's chances, but I love that old adage that in the playoffs, pitching beats hitting. And this time last year, the Jays had pitching, but they really, really had hitting. 
Yeah. Uh, this yep. year, the Jays team this year, when it comes to pitching, number one in every pitching stat except for one. This is a rotation you don't want to go up against. And so tomorrow, once we get to that game tomorrow, still don't know who the start is going to be. I think it should be Liriano, and then everybody else will be ready to go. But when, it was, when we were looking at who it was possible that we could face in the game, either tomorrow or, or the tiebreaker games today, it was actually Baltimore. And I don't want to say that too loudly because I don't want Baltimore to know that we were hoping to face that. But everybody was thinking Baltimore would be great because Baltimore doesn't have that stud. They don't yeah. have that, that Dustin Verlander who gets to go home at night and be the Kate Upton. They don't have that. You know? <laughs> so Tillman, Tillman's a great pitcher, a tremendous pitcher. But Tillman is no Verlander. Tillman is no Kane no. from Seattle. Yeah, I was going to so say, no King, King, King Felix, the same name as my son, yeah. And there was yeah. a scenario where the, the Jays may have had to play the Mariners for a tiebreaker game, and you know that would have been King Felix, and, you know, he's he's dominant. I mean, he's a king for a reason. And hasn't, so it's, Hasn't he been hurt? Uh yeah, but I think he. I think he's I mean, healthy he'd now. He'd suck though. it up for the game. Yeah, but. no, no, he'd he'd come out for that game. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. an it's an interesting matchup because I agree that the the Jays pitching is superior to the to the Orioles. And I do feel like if that. I may make a small point. They got sure. rid of David Price. Yeah, that's true. We were just talking to Coltrane about David Price, who, as good as he was yeah. all season last year for the Blue Jays, uh, he did not have it in the playoffs. And it was a, it was like they advanced kind of in spite of him. I do feel like that's one of those games that I expect to be a high scoring game because the, you know the game's going to be in Sky Dome. Obviously, it's October. I'm sure the the dome will be closed. And uh, we we were joking on the drive over, Dan, because you know we we still haven't adopted the metric system. So we were making ourselves laugh, yeah. saying, "Oh, maybe they'll hit home runs a hundred meters or two hundred meters, <laughs> maybe even three hundred meters." Uh, and we have no idea what kind of distance. That is beautiful. A three hundred meter home run. I don't know. Would, I don't know how far you know, a three hundred meter home run would be. Yeah. When the Nationals used to play in Montreal and were known as the Montreal Expos, they had the measurings of the, the home runs in both metric and the imperial system. Oh, right. It was always I, fun to see. I do remember that. By the way, that you, was. And you say that you, you think it's going to be a high score game tomorrow? I'm I'm of the mind because I hate a pitcher school. I hate a close pennant race. Dubowitzki, mm-hmm. Donaldson, uh, uh, all of them over the last week have been sitting there saying, this is fun. This is why you want to play. It's close. And it's just like, you know what? Give me 16 up in any day. Don't make me <laughs> yeah. sit and not be able yeah. to breathe. Swing from the hills. So I think tomorrow's going to be another close game. Yeah, I, I like a pitcher's duel, but I honestly I like a like a three two pitcher's duel. I don't like the one nothing pitcher's duel. That, that you know that's it, it. There's a level to it where the skill is amazing. I do like to see the ball carry over the fences. I'm thinking like seven six seven five. I disagree with both of you. Yeah. No, that'd be great though. So I we should see like, that. And by the way, Dan, what I was going to say I, is, I, I actually uh, took a road trip to see the Mets at Montreal in one of the last uh, Expo seasons, and I loved seeing games there. I mean, there were not a lot of fans. I think I think the announced attendance was like eight thousand. So and it, it was more like four. Yeah, it might have been four. Yeah, and like <laughs> we bought we bought tickets behind home plate. And they came and checked everyone's ticket to make sure that they had actually bought a ticket that belonged to that section. And there were so few of us that they were able to check all of our tickets. You know, because they didn't want you to to buy a oh, yeah. to buy a Dan Reinish uh, sit in the cheap seats ticket and then go sit behind home plate. We used to do that, my brother and I, then we just bribed the usher. Yeah, yeah, we would do that at Shea Stadium. I'm sorry, Dan, uh, yeah. there's a little bit of a delay. You were going to talk about how much you love the cheap seats? I love the cheap seats, and uh, it was announced late last week that Toronto's going back to Montreal for another exhibition series uh, to start the season off next year, playing against Andrew McCutcheon and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I bought my tickets for those games, uh, and I did get tickets right behind home plate, but uh, in the cheap seats. So it's going to be great having baseball in Montreal again, and I'm sure Rob Manford is going to wake up one of these days and say, you know... We need to have baseball in Montreal. Anybody even talk like that? And someone from South Park would go, hey, buddy, how about baseball in Montreal again? Ah, <laughs> oh, cheers. Know, yeah. Montreal would go, pal, we'd love it. Buddy, we'd love it. Pal. You could have, you could have Terrence and Phillip throughout the first pitch. Ah, oh, cheers, fuckface. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that baseball uh, was welcomed back in D.C., and I think that that has gone well. But, uh, you know, let's just... Uh, 
let's roll things up in Tampa. Yeah, that let's... didn't work out, Tampa. So let's go ahead and, and move the Tampa franchise to Montreal. I'm all on board for that. Dan, uh, yeah. we only have a couple minutes left, and uh, what I want to talk about is, you know, I don't know how superstitious you are, but let's say you, you know, you hope that they beat the Orioles, and if they do, the hypothetical is that they would then advance for a rematch against the Texas Rangers, which was an incredible series last year. Uh, the fact that they... I, I don't know. I feel like the Rangers... I talked a little earlier about how they always play over their head, and it was so yeah. evident in that one inning where they... I think... Did they have three or four innings against the Blue Jays? Uh, sorry. Three or four errors against the Blue Jays in that inning. It was ugly, and I know they were mad about Joey Bats flipping the bat, but you know, don't don't play like that. Don't leave that pitch where it was if you don't yeah. want a guy to flip the bat. Yeah. Well, listen. the The thing about Texas and the Jays in the playoffs last year that's done. There's nobody in Toronto, and I'll tell you, nobody in Texas even thinking about that. Everybody's talking about the gutless odor that plays second base for Texas, who punched Jose Bautista. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, Godless. I remember that at the time. I actually forgot that that happened this year. And, yeah, I mean, he He's literally just down. punched him. And that seemed to me like he was somebody who didn't forget last year if he was just looking for an excuse no. to punch Bautista. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Baseball's that... Baseball's a game where people don't forget. Never. You remember yeah. baseball. You remember what happened. You know, and, and so Texas with their 95 wins, wants the Jays. They're not sitting there going, yay, we can beat Baltimore. They're going, you know what? We want the yeah. Blue Jays. And here's the thing. If I'm looking ahead to that series, I'm looking at the Jays pitching staff. And I don't care who you've got up there hitting. I'm looking at that Jays pitching staff. The only worry that I have this entire season, this entire postseason is, can the Jays get enough hits? to win the game and yeah. they manufacture some runs. And and the, the big problem for the Jays has been since since the series against Kansas City, you know, the Jays the Jays almost, almost, almost got past Kansas City last year, but you know, they had the they had the the, the, the winning run uh, on second base, the tying run on third base, they left twelve men on base wow. in yeah. that final game against Kansas City. And that's been the Jays big problem this year is men left on base at the end of every inning. What if you, you watch the Jays, if you look back on it, there's usually two or three men left on base in every inning. Yeah. And and that's been a huge problem for the Jays is the inability to manufacture runs. So, you know, pitching do I think against Baltimore, but then the pitchers are going to be great against Texas. And, uh, you know, if we're even looking as far as the entire playoffs, as Josh Donaldson said to uh, the great Canadian television reporter, Barry Davis, when he was asked about why the Jays didn't make that many trades at the deadline, Josh just looked at him and said, we like our team, Barry. <laughs> I like this team. I like what they can do. But yeah, I'm a homer. You know, sure. I'm standing on my balcony looking out at the CN Tower. I'm a homer. I love the team. I love what they can do. But they got to start getting some runs. Please, do we know please, Because I need to breathe, offhand, need to breathe Dan, oxygen during those games. Dan, do we know offhand what their runners in scoring position average was last year versus this year? I don't, I don't know if that was a stat that was kept last year. Um, all I know is it was something that really became evident during the playoffs. Sure. Last mm-hmm. year, every time, somebody got, every time somebody got on base for the Jays, some, the next person hit a home run. The lineup right. last year was just so powerful. Yeah, it's a shame happen. that the playoffs aren't statistically significant. You know, it's not a big enough sample size. You yeah, know, you it's can very, just say, it's very hard you know, to, over six got over six games, guys just tighten up. Yeah. You know. Well, look, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Uh, I think that uh, the the wild card game. You know, this is the first we were talking earlier. This is the first year that uh, the Mets are in it. I've loved this single, well, double elimination, one game, you're in or out. Uh, I've liked this format. These games have been very entertaining. It's very stressful to actually have the Mets in it with no margin of error. But I think that that's going to be a great game uh, Tuesday night. And uh, it's funny. While we've been talking, Dan, uh, my MLB.com scoreboard uh, refreshed. And I guess uh, Tillman for Baltimore and Stroman for Toronto are the announced starting pitchers for that game. And uh, I think it's going to be – I think it will be great. And you know, look, both of their ERAs are around four, so I don't think we're going to get one nothing. 
But uh, if if we're fortunate enough to uh, see your Jays go beyond, you know, maybe into the World Series, we'll have to have you back. But there's obviously a million other things that we can talk to you about that's not baseball. Sure. But uh, I appreciate having you on, and that's at Dan Reinish, R-E-Y-N-I-S-H. Thank you so much for making time for us here on the Blackcast, Dan. Oh, Jay's <laughs> there, the perfect bookend, I think. It is the perfect bookend. All right, thanks so much, Dan. I'll talk to you soon. I'll, I'll see you on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks, buddy. You guys take care and enjoy the baseball playoffs. You know, we will, Sal. I think as uh, we kind of wind down here talking about the American League and looking ahead to these wild card games, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I said, very stressful having the Mets, but tomorrow night, uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 Eastern, Baltimore, Toronto, and then, of course, Wednesday, I uh, won't be able to sleep between now and then. <laughs> the uh, Giants and the have, Mets. Don't you have your Mets jammies? Uh, I do have Mets jammies, but... So uh, anyway, one, like one piece with yeah, feet, of course, the right. little feetsies and the trap door in the back. Yes. Anyway, uh, Salmon yes. at dot yes. We appreciate you making the time to be here on the Blackcast. I appreciate being here on the Blackcast. We will see you next time on the Blackcast. <laughs> <laughs>